Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hello, Kate. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. Um, I know that we just started recording, but I really enjoyed catching up with you before we hit record. <laughs> Thank Full you. disclosure, it's been 55 minutes of catching up. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yay. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. First time we've talked in a few weeks, right? So it's yeah. nice. So before we started recording, I brought up a couple of things that as so often happens are kind of running around in my head, in my personal mind, in my intellect. But what I love about that stuff, and this is just, I think this is who I've always been. But lately, I have these thoughts and these ideas and the what ifs and the being in the question, right? But whatever my mind comes up with as any answers to questions, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as interesting anymore. So I love to like sit in questions and then before my mind can get in there and take over just move on i don't know move on to the next thing it, and know that whatever shows up is from a different space i guess so uh you picked out of the things running around up here right you picked one um and this is essentially for those of you listening what I basically pitched to win. And it's around this idea of when we're young, you know, we come into these bodies and, and I feel like, and I think if you ever spend any time <laughs> with very, very young people, babies, toddlers, it's they're connected, right? They haven't put a bunch of thinking on life yet. They're just at the most pure form of, of who we are before all of our thinking. And then naturally, we take the things that we already are, that we know we are, like love and wonder and absolute security and joy and curiosity and creativity and we're all of those things and we know it. and 
starting at a very young age, we begin to attribute those things that we are to things outside of us. Mm. And it makes sense, you know, we are hungry and someone else brings us food and we cry because we're, I don't know why babies cry sometimes, but we just cry and someone else comes and comforts us and it feels good. And we just naturally, I think our minds want to attribute all of the things that we are to something outside of us. And I feel like we only add thought and stories on top of thought and stories about what those things mean. And they evolve, but they evolve in a way that it's like, oh, you know, as a teenager, it's like, oh, it's not my mom or my dad or my guardian that's my security. It's my friends. It's this thing over here. And we kind of move away from our parental units, right? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we get out in the working world and maybe it's our bank account. I don't know. It's like we just add on to it and add on to it. And it's almost like because of that, and it's so innocent and understandable, because very few of us ever hear that we're complete. And between, you know, our five senses and all of our life experience and the way that it looks, it all looks very real. That the things that we are, are outside of us. And most parents and siblings don't walk around and say, you know what, it's not actually me. You're, you're complete. You don't actually need these things to feel complete. Because they don't know that themselves. And I feel like even as an adult, I do it all the time. Now, this is where my peace comes from. It comes from this thing outside me, right? And it looks real. And so I thought it might just be a really cool topic is, I don't know, attributing who we are outside of us maybe forgetting our completeness so we can go out and find it. I don't know. But I I have noticed that I don't tend to question it <laughs> when it feels really good, right? I don't tend to do that so much. Like when it's working out and into my preferences, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it must be true, right? Because it's working out and I don't really have to question it. But when uh, I lose somebody or uh, I don't have the right amount of money or it's like when when something doesn't equal that preference, then I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe it, it does come from that. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not saying it has to be that way. <laughs> but for me... Typically, when things are not working out to my preferences, that I really start to wonder about where it, <laughs> where my completeness comes from. But I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about. Did you hear anything in that? Well, heaps. <laughs> and to me, I mean, that's the... I don't know every society, okay? Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about 
I'm going to, in air quotes, Western society. Okay. Um, consumerism. It's built upon that. Mm. The whole world of consumerism is built upon the notion that, hey, buy this, you'll feel good. Hey, feel bad, you need this, it'll make you feel better. Our society is built upon that, in my mind. Now, I, I'm not agreeing with that, I'm not saying that's right, or it's necessarily wrong, but it seems very, I don't know what the word would be, pervasive, that here we all are, and I'm not blaming anyone for that, because to, to your point, you said innocently earlier on, is yeah, because it looks like that's where joy is that's looks where the where security comes from it looks like all of that stuff it looks outside in totally and the lovely thing is in the conversation that you and i have been learning about from the discoveries of sydney banks is to see that wait a minute and it's you know it's not only sydney banks but the most in my opinion the easiest way that i could get my head around my own misunderstandings and the closer to the truth about how the mind really works and how feelings are created and the notion of scarcity and the the notion that there is such a thing as incompleteness and going back to what you said is that i think you said something very similar to because no one told us no one told me i was complete no one reminds us i think you said and it reminds me of um a guest that we had, I don't know, maybe 20 months ago, Mavis Khan. Um, so 20 months ago, multiply that by four, I guess that's 80 episodes ago that Mavis would have been with us. And um, she had a letter to kids and former kids, which effectively reiterates the truth of us being complete, regardless of how old we are or how young we are, what we've been through and what we think of ourselves, that we are still uncontaminated by whatever has happened in the time since the moment we were born that you were first mentioning. doesn't look like that. Still true. And I think a part of the fun of this existence and the, I don't know, the absurdity of this existence as a human being is that we get to play in this physical form where I have a preference because I think colour yellow is nice and bright so I've got yellow around in certain parts like on this mug that I'm showing up if you're watching it on YouTube I think that's yellow anyway, I'm colour blind so, you know, to me it's yellow but again, that's some, another notion of how subjective that is, right? We don't really know your yellow and my yellow, or even if someone has got the same um, rods and cones in their eyes than you and I have, whether we actually see color in the same way, we don't know. That's how subjective our reality is. And I think that to see it in that way is a really nice way of noticing that here we are in this temporary form playing in the world of form where we get to play with the meaning of a bank account number, which isn't really there, because that's made up too. We get to play with, I don't know, someone asked me the question today about what makes somebody attracted sexually to someone. 
and not to somebody else, right? Which I thought was, okay, I wasn't expecting that today, but okay, well, let's explore. You know, what, what that preference is all about. It's fascinating to me that we get to play in this world of form and the world of opinion that looks like fact, the world of thought that looks like it's not. And all we do is make up meanings of arbitrary things. What would be the point otherwise? I was listening to um to a talk that Professor Brian Cox gave a while ago now, but I saw it, watched it this morning. And he was asked a few years ago to to give a talk at um COP when it was held in Glasgow a couple of years ago. Um and, and he was asked, You've got one minute to talk to these world leaders about um the planet and its future. You've got one minute. And I'll I'll get the quote wrong, but he said something like, We don't know how many other life forms are out there. There may be none. It might be just us. Out of these billions of stars, um, one of a billion galaxies, and the numbers are much bigger than that. So I'm underplaying what he said. And as far as we, we know, the only meaning of this entire universe happens because of this species on this planet. So let's not mess it up. Because the entire meaning of the entire universe might just reside in us on this planet right now. And then he said at the end, he said, discuss. And that was his one minute. I find that philosophically such a wonderful thing to notice that as opposed to fight with how things might look to us as human beings and fight with thought and fight with our innocence and, and get over ourselves. Yeah, in some way, yes. But what would the point be otherwise? If all we ever said was, okay, here I am living in the illusion of thought. It would be the same as going to the movies and just looking at the pixels. Going to the movies and noticing that's not real sound. That's just waves hitting my ears. What would be the point? Putting popcorn into my mouth and going, yeah, that's not real. That's not real. That's just a bunch of chemicals that are, you know, giving me the experience of taste. What would be the point? But that's just what I think today or right now at 11 minutes past the hour at the time of recording now 12 minutes past the hour at the time of recording so anyway i don't know i don't know if you heard anything or just thought well thank heavens he's now about to shut up because i want to say something <laughs> so it's your turn hmm. you know sometimes i wonder how different my life would have been if I had grown up in an environment where I was told that I was complete, that I had the answers. Like if, if you ended up with parents who were like, look, I'm just here to keep your human body alive for a while until you you're on your own. And, uh, I am responsible for your food to some extent. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But other than that, mm -hmm. You have all the answers inside of you. 
and everything that you're looking for, every feeling that you think is coming from something outside of you is actually a feeling that you have already. Like what, how different would it have been if that was my learning? Mm -hmm. What a question. <laughs> yeah. This is what this is what happens. I get I love these questions. I love this. But then, you know, but then it's always followed up with this sense that, and I don't know this to be true, but this is what it seems like to me. That I I sense that I'm here to forget all of who I am. Like if mm -hmm. I wasn't here to forget who I was and come back to truth, then somehow I don't know if I would be here. I would have just stayed in the formless, in the perfection, as part of the whole. But there's something about coming into this human life to forget, to feel separate, and then come back to what I know to be true is that we're not separate. We cannot know. I don't think that we can know who we truly are in the formless. Like if you're in the formless, there's nothing you don't know. And all you feel it, like all you experience, right? Before coming into a human body. And I'm taking this way far out there, by the way. you know everything and you're part of everything and all you experience is love. I believe mm. that, right? Mm. So you don't know any different. You can't possibly know any different. So you don't actually get to experience that because you don't know anything else. You just are it. But we get to come here and forget. And then we get to, it's almost like we're, sensing for that truth again so we come here and we forget we feel separate and alone we forget our completeness but it's like in conversations that you and I have and that we have with other people and our own kind of independent journeys moments of knowing what's true again about who we are. It's like we're weaving our lives around these moments of truth. And as we see it and get to point to it with other people, we get to remember, get to remember who we are. And we know it when we feel it. Like in the books, that I've talked about before, like conversations with God and friendships with God. It's like, we're just remembering and helping others to remember that we are complete, that we are love and peace and all the other things that we're trying to find, that feeling outside of That's what I end up with when I ask myself questions like, how would my life be different if I knew I was complete and I had all the answers inside me?
I always the seem question to I like there. Sorry, go on. <laughs> what did you say? I, I was about to to say what, what I hear when I when I go there where I go. Yeah, but you had something you else to say. Well I go, what would the world be like? If we if if that was what everyone was up to and everyone knew. So this would be uh, a world where humans wouldn't take out their frustrations on anything outside of themselves. Mm. They would have no need beyond what their needs were. So there wouldn't be such a thing as greed. Mm. So going back to the 1980s movie, uh, Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. Greed is good. Yeah, greed wouldn't exist. No would insecurity. No would the need to fight or need to have what someone else has, so therefore I can feel better about myself. That notion just would never occur. Or it might inside someone's mind, but then they would wake up to going, wait a minute, that's not telling me anything meaningful about how life is. That's just telling me I'm in my imagination right now. And in that world, and you know, I don't care if anyone thinks this is Pollyanna-ish. I want to believe that this is possible. A world with a future where there's a higher level of consciousness in human beings, where we do not need to take from somebody else in order for me to feel okay. Where I do not feel a lack in myself, and therefore my security is a known given, not a hidden given. And therefore, the only thing that exists, even in the world of form, is what you said earlier on, love. I think that's possible. Because I felt it. Even I have felt it. And given the angry, depressed, insecure person I've been for many times, <laughs> many moments in my number of years since I was born, I know that that's possible for humans. 8 billion, not just one, not just the community that you and I speak with and have found ourselves very gratefully in. And, and you at home or in the car or at work or wherever you are listening to this in the world. I think that's what this is all about. That's what I want my life to be about. Someone asked me today I'd never met before. We hadn't met. It was a first conversation. And uh, probably the most open person I've ever met, you know, within two minutes, had a, a, a synopsis of a life story that was way beyond what I thought from the person who um, referred um, this person to me. And then I shared a little bit. I said, yeah, I heard a little bit about you from, you know, the referrer. So, you know, what's your life mission. I said, oh, I to enjoy my life. Okay, well, that's personal. What, what about your work? Well, to help everyone enjoy theirs. And he went, yeah, okay, let's meet. We were going to meet anyway, he said, but, you know, come on, let's, uh, this is, I want to hear more about this. And I know that when anyone enjoys their life, they're better to themselves and each other. And I've seen what I've noticed that has changed it for me is the understanding of what you were talking about here and where I was misunderstanding everything to begin with.
thinking that thought was real. And thinking that how I felt inside came from outside. Yeah. And that those two very simple things, when I saw the truth of that for me, as far as I have seen it for me, changed my life totally. Where I'm still human, perfectly imperfect. And yet, enjoy my life more than I ever thought possible up until a dozen years ago. I'm probably in a shorter time span than that too, I'd say, because it keeps getting deeper. The appreciation of having been born. You know, I'm starting to think that, um, I guess I should have seen this already now that I'm laughing at myself a little bit but kind of feel like a better question is like if i knew now that i'm complete mm -hmm. what would i be doing right now if i knew that and that's probably a better question that's amazing if, if i knew it for the last 47 years how would my life be different like if i knew it now how would i be different just for everyone, full disclaimer, um, that number is not true. Not 47 years old is just saying that to make me feel better about how old I am. What? Just in case, just in case, now you kind of divulged uh, you know, a fib about your age, because we know you're not 47. Oh, okay. Uh, for those listening, I definitely am. Okay. Definitely 47 months anyway um <laughs> as opposed to years but going back to that what a question what would i be doing now if my what was the given what was the word um if i knew i was complete if i knew i was complete what i would what i do yeah with every feeling that i'm looking for outside of myself because I'm not really looking for the thing, right? That's what we're all yeah. looking for. We we want the feeling, of, right? Right. We want the feeling of being in love. We want the feeling of having a bunch of money. We want the feeling of security. What the feeling of salted caramel ice cream? Yes. Oh yeah. No, the comfort. The comfort feeling. Yes. <laughs> like oh, I can just let go now with my my salted caramel i can just oh that's so nice right yeah yeah if i knew all those feelings actually were contained possible in every moment and I there was no meaning whether we got them or not no meaning on whether we felt them or not too so it wouldn't be emotion junkies because i know i'm still an emotion junkie uh, does that include negative emotion? What somebody would call bad negative emotion? Or are you just a junkie when it comes to <laughs> Well, I would say innocently, I'm, I have been known to be a negative emotion junkie too. Oh. Thinking that that would be a, a route or route to get to a positive one. Yeah. To dwell in the negative in order for me to figure it out to never feel it again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Because of the, you know, 
what our preferences feels like a bigger deal than preferences. And certain emotions feel like a bigger deal than others. Mm -hmm. And I've put meaning on some things that don't inherently have them as a human. A story about emotions, a story about me, going back to how you started off today's show with that exact point. The story and the meaning that we begin to evolve into as we, you know, from the moment that we're born. Fascinating, huh? Yeah. You're the lovely thing again, and, and you said at the beginning of, of this, of this episode was that we never really know where these conversations are going to go between you and I. And for, for you listening, you're probably well aware of that, given how they meander. <laughs> so you're probably, it's not a surprise to you, but it's a nice thing to reflect on now is that how much of it is so fresh for you and I, when we talk like this. And in this freshness is, you know, always the possibility of seeing something we've never seen before. An insight. And maybe you listening to who knows. You know, as we wrap up today, when if there's anyone who took that last question and felt an answer in that or something come from that, we'd love to hear about it. If you knew that you were complete, 100% complete, how would your life be different now? We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Will. Thank you. I'm looking forward to, to reading your replies to that. Thank you, Kate. You've been listening to Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. If you've got any other uh, thoughts as well regarding what you'd like us to talk about in future episodes, please get in touch. Our details are in the outro and whenever, wherever you found um, this podcast, as well as the answer to that question that Kate just asked. And uh, I wish you a good week, and we'll see you again very soon. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.